friends, today we are going to get into part four of what Luke really cared about. So we're going to start with this first section called the Kingdom of God. The phrase Kingdom of God often appears in the Synoptic Gospels. Luke summarized Jesus' mission as preaching the Kingdom of God, which we see in chapter 4, verse 43, which says, But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. Also in Luke chapter 8 verse 1, which says, After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. Last reference, chapter 9 verse 11, which says, but the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Jesus passed on the same mission, preaching the kingdom of God to his followers, which we see in chapter 9, verses 1 and 2, which say, When Jesus had called the twelve together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Also in chapter 9 verse 60, which says, Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. And lastly, in chapter 10 verses 8 through 11, which say, when you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near. Basically, the kingdom of God refers to the sovereign rule of God. It was used in different contexts to describe God's rule in people's lives, which we see in chapter 12, verse 31, which says, But seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. So in the book that I'm reading, it says, carried forward, and then it says chapter 11, verse 2. I do not understand what that means. But chapter 11, verse 2 says, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. If anybody wants to explain to me what that means, that would be so greatly appreciated. Moving on, it says it also is used to describe his present rule through Christ. Examples given are chapter 7, verse 28, which says, I tell you, among those born of women, there is no one greater than John, yet the one who is least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. Also chapter 11 verse 20, which says, But if I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And last example given is chapter 18 verses 16 through 17 which say, But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. 
And lastly, the kingdom of God is used to describe God's future eschatological rule through Christ, which we see in Luke chapter 13, verses 28 through 30, which say, There will be weeping there and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves thrown out. People will come from east and west and north and south and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. Indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and first who will be last. Also in chapter 19, verse 11, which says, While they were listening to this, he went on to tell them a parable because he was near Jerusalem and the people thought that the kingdom of God was going to appear at once. Last example given is Luke chapter 22 verses 14 through 30. That is kind of lengthy and so to save some time I'm not going to go through that. Uh, but I just wanted to go through what eschatological means because I did not know what that meant. Uh, so I had to look that up for myself. It says the part of theology concerned with death, judgment, and the final destiny of the soul and of humankind. Scholars use the phrase inaugurated eschatology to describe the idea that Jesus's earthly ministry brought about the beginning of inaugurated, the end times, eschatology. That is, Jesus was the Davidic ruler whose kingdom already started during his lifetime, but it would not yet reach full expression until some future date. Luke's gospel emphasized the already, not yet, kingship of Jesus. Example given, chapter 17, verse 20 through 21, which says, Once on being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus replied, The coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed, nor will people say, Here it is, or there it is, because the kingdom of God is in your midst. And also in chapter 18, verse 29 through 30, which says, Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home, or wife or brothers, or sisters or parents, or children, for the sake of the kingdom of God, will fail to receive many times as much in this age, and in the age to come, eternal life. Particularly with his inclusion of the parable of the ten minus, chapter 19, verses 11 through 27, which we will not read to save some time. Luke introduced this parable as an explanation of the future orientation of the kingdom of God, which we see in chapter 19, verse 11, which evidently we have already um, gone over when we spoke of God's future eschatological rule through Christ. The nobleman in the parable had current authority, but went away to receive the kingdom and returned ready to act with full kingship. Similarly, Jesus was the king-in-waiting during his earthly ministry, received his kingship at the ascension, and will return as the exalted reigning king at the second coming. This next section is called Jesus' Death and Exaltation. Unlike Paul, Luke did not define the salvation purpose of Jesus' death for our sins using courtroom justification to sacrifice imagery. Luke did, however, emphasize how Jesus' death fit into God's plan 
and fulfilled the Old Testament prophecies regarding the suffering servant Messiah. Jesus predicted his death at least three times in term of suffering, which we see in Luke chapter 9 verse 22, which says, And he said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and he must be killed, and on the third day be raised to life. Also in chapter 9 verse 44, which says, Listen carefully to what I am about to tell you. The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. The last example that I am going to go through is chapter 18, verses 31 through 33, which say, Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be delivered over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, and spit on him. They will flog him and kill him. On the third day, he will rise again. The remainder of the verses given as examples are chapter 5, verse 35, chapter 12, verse 50, chapter 13, verses 32 and 33, and chapter 24, verse 7. After the resurrection, he reflected on the scriptural necessity of the Messiah's suffering, both on the road to Umaeus and to his disciples. This is in chapter 24 verses 25 through 32 which say, He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he sat at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scripture to us? And then chapter 24 verses 44 through 49 which say, He said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my Father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. Furthermore, Luke reported in Acts that the apostles regularly preached about Jesus' sufferings and death leading to people repenting from their sins. And then it gives a whole bunch of verses from Acts, which we will not get into because we have not read Acts yet. Thus, Luke was in agreement with the broad New Testament teaching that Jesus died for us in accordance with God's plan for salvation from sin. Luke more often linked God's gift of salvation with Jesus' resurrection and ascension than directly with Jesus' death. 
but he also occasionally linked Jesus' exaltation with his suffering and death. The example given here is chapter 9, verse 22, which we previously read, and chapter 18, verses 31 through 33, which we just previously read as well. Chapter 24, verse 7, which says, The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Chapter 24, verses 25 through 27, which say, He said to them, How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. We did already read chapter 24, verses 25 through 32, but I just wanted to reiterate these verses. Um, and then chapter 24, verses 44 through 49, which we previously read as well. Luke believed that the resurrection was the authentic divine seal on Jesus' redemptive work. For Luke, the exaltation of Jesus in included not only his resurrection, but also his ascension into heaven. Though other New Testament writers clearly affirm that it happened, examples given John 6 verse 62, which says, Then what if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? John chapter 20 verse 17, which says, Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. It also gives Ephesians chapter 4 verse 8 through 10 and 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, which we will not get into because we have not read them yet. Luke was the only author to report the ascension event, and he gave two accounts, chapter 24 verses 50 through 53, which says, When he had led them out to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. The other example given is Acts chapter 1 verses 9 through 11, which we will not get into because we have not read it yet. Luke's point is profound. From heaven, the exalted Jesus continues to act in the life of the church. The examples given are Acts chapter 2 verses 32 through 33, Acts chapter 7 verse 56, Acts chapter 9 verse 3 through 16, and Acts chapter 16 verse 7, which we still have not read. So we're not getting into that. And someday he will come back to judge the world, which we also see in Acts chapter 1, verse 9 through 11, Acts chapter 10, verse 42, and Acts chapter 17, verse 31. I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up here today. This is already a lengthy podcast episode, so I'm sorry for that. But if you can get through it, I'm sure it will be very rewarding to be able to hear all of these correlations. I hope that you have a great day and till next time.